welcome back to another episode of Maybe, Maybe Next Time. I'm William Bluer with my <laughs> co-host Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, put a bullet in the back of my brain. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> odd that this is the timing for the the uh, on-air suicide, because we have just won two games in a row. Yeah, that's true. Don't forget that we've lost, uh, what, I don't know, like eight 11, right, we lost 8 straight in like t- 10 of 12 or 11 of right. 13, I don't remember. Anyway, we still lost an enormous number of games in this nation. <laughs> As you are no doubt aware... <laughs> Um, but we are back as we are each and every week to bring you the latest, the greatest in nets gossip. Uh, <laughs> um, honestly, I think that something happened like the algorithm on Instagram is not showing nets players and what they're doing, hmm. unless so I, ha- I like have to act actively look them up Hmm. if I want to see what's going on, which does diminish my capacity to, uh, to be a a fount of gossip as I, I once prided myself on being. Yeah. Um, so that is just a long way of saying there will not actually be a gossip section of today's show. That's a shame. Okay. It's a pity. But we do have, I would think you would agree with me, Simon, um, in spite of your stated wish for death, uh, um, a lot to talk about <laughs> yeah. regarding the Nets. Absolutely. Week. Okay. Um, let's get right down to it. Today is December 9th, right, Simon? Yes, yes, that's right. That uh, I just right. want you to <laughs> want you to be here to fact check me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's December 9th, which means it's one day after December eighth. Mm-hmm. December eighth being what? The day that Spencer Dinwiddie could be signed to an extension. So this is f- in the forefront, I feel, of Nets fans' minds. Yep. Uh, we were at the block. We were in the block uh, for the Raptors game the other night. Sean Marks, GM of the Brooklyn Nets, seven-foot-tall man who has been seen posing for photographs with Simon McCormick (laughs) at Brooklyn Bridge Park. Yeah. Uh, Check out our IG. That thing is highlighted. It has its own subsection on our homepage uh, called Sean Marks. Oh, awesome. Yeah, just you and he hanging. That's very nice. Um, uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Usually that cow ear does it. Did he eat the ear too quickly no, or something? No, it's, it's out there. Seems a little distraught. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so he came out to the section, didn't say a whole lot. We had gotten a cryptic email hours before the game saying there would be a special guest. We get there. The special guest is Sean Marks. He comes out. He hands several cases of Modelo's uh-huh. to the block, and many, many people in the block surrounding us began screaming at him. Are you going to sign sign Dinwiddie? Uh, sign extension, Dinwiddie baby. The extension, blah, 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 blah. People are really into extending him right away. Net Income seems to do it. Brian Francesca yeah. wrote an article all about why the Nets need to sign Spencer Dinwiddie right away. December 8th, ink him up. A day has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, surely those feelings have not gone away. No, had a good game yesterday. Spencer did. 
What in the hell is going on? What are you doing? What's going on? Okay. We <laughs> cannot let this distract us from the news of the day. <laughs> Uh, Spencer Denry. So, what is going on? Could you explain the signing? What uh, what could happen here? Why people would want him to sign right now? Sure. I think for proponents of signing with uh, signing Spencer Dinwiddie would say that. Uh, so, so first, let's go over the mechanics. The mechanics, I believe, are it's a four year. So, what Dinwiddie has said, at least publicly, who knows what what his actual negotiating position is. But what he said publicly is basically he'll sign the extension to the maximum amount that he could sign, they could they could offer him, which is about, it's around $12 million a year. It it, it ramps up. It's $10 million the first year. I think it's like 12 the next year and, and on and on. Uh, and um, so I, I think proponents of, of that deal think that, one, you know, the Nets have developed this player into somebody who at least they think, and and I I think it's fair to assume that you could find someone out there who would pay him around that, another team. Um, And, you know, we've done it. We've built him up this much. We need to kind of do what we did with Joe Harris and say, hey, not only are we going to be a factory for for discarded players to to improve themselves to being valuable NBA players, but we're also going to reward their hard work and and our investment in them by giving them larger contracts when they, their value increases. And I think the final reason for why people think that he should get it is that he could sign they think that he could sign for more money in the off season. And so if he's willing to sign this contract with us, this is the best deal we're going to get on him. He's a valuable player and we should sign him. Do you think that's a fair assessment of their beliefs? Yes. I think people think we are going to get him at a steal at 47.5 billion in 4 years that we will have him through his prime since he's 25 now. He'll get better each year in theory and uh Locking someone in like that could, in you know, several years, if he's only getting thirteen million a year and say a good starting point guard, it would be a great contract to have him on. Yeah, um, I don't think either of us necessarily feels that way. No, I would also say even so that this doesn't just devolve into me trying to argue that he's not the greatest uh, point guard or not even a starting point guard uh, quality. I think there's no need to do it right now. Like, the urgency with which people seem to want him to get signed uh, seems ill-placed. Like, why do, we, why do we feel we have to do it right right away? Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, so, <clears throat> Bill, is there any scenario in which, and I have an answer for this as well, but but I'm curious what you think. Uh, is there any scenario in which we do sign Spencer Dinwiddie and you're not, like, d- disappointed to devastated in that range? Oh, I don't know. I feel like after <laughs> after the... 
collapse against which team was the most recent horrific collapse? The the, the big one, the, the yeah, the most recent big one. Who was that? It was against a good team. Uh, Memphis, oh, OKC. OKC, The yes, Thunder game. Yes, yes. I feel like a part of me that game broke up with D'Angelo Russell, which I think I've said probably ten times. Yes. Uh, and it never sticks. We no. always get back together. When people when I say that, everyone's like, okay, I'm not going to say anything bad about D'Angelo. Exactly. Because I know exactly. they're getting back together. Yeah, and when I do, I get my head bit off. <laughs> it all goes back to D'Angelo eventually, because they're <laughs> inevitably back together. Um, yeah, so uh, at this point... It is a good contract if Spencer Dinwiddie is a starting level point guard. It's for sure a good good thing. In addition to which, over four years, if you if he can be a competent starting point guard, and I think there is a big if, and I think that's why they should probably wait. But if he could be a competent, decent enough, say like top twenty point guards in the league, so not even great, but just <coughs> top twenty. Mm-hmm. Having a guy like that signed to a contract that never gets above $13 million a year gives you so much flexibility in other areas that I think I might not be totally devastated by it. But I think that there are still major, major questions I have about whether Spencer Dinwiddie is actually good. And I would say... There's probably major questions that the Nets have that he is actually that good if they haven't locked that down. Yeah. If they're if they you know, they clearly have done more reflecting on this, more looking at Spencer Dinwiddie. They have way more information about how he is as a teammate, how he fits into their scheme. And if they're not coming out and immediately signing him on this day, which is a very symbolic thing, and it shows that you have a commitment and it shows a level of confidence in him mm-hmm. and would be a huge boost to him. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not coming out and doing that, I would... That also gives me pause, you know, like they they are the ones with the most information and they don't see it as a slam dunk. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I I agree with your assessment. Um, but I would also add that. So I think that one, as our seatmate at the block uh, always likes to remind us, he has an extremely valuable cap hold, which is only $1.5 million, which means gives you a lot of flexibility in the offseason, if, even if you want to sign him, mm-hmm. uh, um, to then sign him outside of the cap. You can't do that if you give him an extension right now. Right. That That's straight up cap money that gets eaten up. Um, and I can, for me, the only way that I see a Spencer Dinwiddie signing being palatable um, and again, I would much, much rather see him uh, traded for a younger player with more upside. I know you agree with that, w- probably one thousand percent. Oh yeah, uh, but or just <laughs> even without anyone. much yeah, upside, yeah, right, right, um, exactly. So, but but um, to me, I think if we take a bunch of swings at uh, some wing players in the off season, which, as I've said, is my number one priority, I think we should go wing crazy. Or try to in the offseason. If that just fails um, or ends up, you know, with a, with a little bit of money left over, I'm fine signing Dinwiddie to, like, especially an outside-the-cap, um, kind of a Joe Harris, like an $8 million for two-year thing. Because uh-huh. I, I, I think that that you can 
get you can get that. You can trade that probably if you need to. If you need cap flexibility uh, later on, um, I think that's fine. I'm I suspect he would not be happy with that, but I also suspect that he thinks and Nets fans think he's a lot better than he actually is, and yeah, that could I would be, be a reasonable signing. I would be fascinated to see what he could actually get. Yeah. Um, he clearly thinks he's a top three all-timer <laughs> yeah. uh, in all positions. <laughs> We're talking MJ LeBron Dinwiddie here mm-hmm. in the pantheon of Spencer's own own uh, calculations. Yes. Um, but I, I think that the Nets not locking him down right now suggests that maybe they aren't that worried about uh, driving the price up that much. Spencer has explicitly said he's not going under that. So whether he would be down with $8 million, which is markedly under um, for a shorter-term contract is unlikely. Yeah. Um, but may, you know. Maybe what he can get. Right. We'll see. I really have no idea where other teams um, value him. I would bet it's actually fairly high, which is why I think we should trade him now, um, as you do. Yeah. But I think we've given enough time to Spencer Dinwiddie and signing or not signing. I think it's very interesting. We'll see if the calls for signing him intensify, um, if that plays into... Uh, people's continued anger towards Kenny Atkinson, mm. which we could talk a little bit about right now. Sure. Um, so <laughs> on the recent Bill Simmons podcast, he says, uh, and I think this is pretty much a, a quote, uh, I watched the Nets games. They're a mess in the last three minutes of every game. They run bad plays out of timeouts. But if you just follow on Twitter, you'd think he's the next Red Auerbach. Uh, He also added uh, a tweet that said, Now that Fred Hoiberg is gone, I think Kenny Atkinson is my new favorite, quote, they're definitely screwing this up, last-minute NBA coach. So Bill Simmons getting some shots in at old Kenny Atkinson. Uh, This was coming right after the absolutely catastrophic conclusion to the Oklahoma City game where we blew a 23-point lead um, on some extremely bad uh, both in-game plays. D'Angelo shot the ball way before he should have. Uh, We had a chance to inbounds it, ran a play where three of the players that are good ran around... um, haphazardly and didn't get open. Jared Dudley got the ball and more or less lost it immediately. Um, So there was a lot of heat coming at Kenny earlier in this week. The last two wins, uh, as wins can do, have have somewhat, uh, uh, you know, tempered the calls for Kenny's head a little bit. But um, I think think Bill Simmons' um, point that that Kenny Atkinson is the new... uh, he, they're definitely going to screw this up. Last minute coach um, is giving Kenny Atkinson way too much credit, right, or at least Hoiberg not enough credit, or horrible <laughs> Hoiberg not enough credit. This season, Nets are four and eleven in close games, uh, which is two two sixty seven percent, and the Bulls are five and nine, so three fifty seven. They're better this year, and last year they were over five hundred in close games, where we were a dismal nineteen and thirty one. Um, so we've been much. Kenny Atkinson has been a much worse, or the Nets have been a much worse close game team. Um, I would argue Kenny has been screwing it up f- for much longer than Hoiberg. 
Yeah. But what do you think about all this Nets coach trash? Um, <laughs> well, look, I I don't have as much vitriol as as some uh, in, in the Nets verse who I think just I think there's a lot of and this happened with the Lobos. I think this is a very extremely common fan thing to do. Yeah. Like if your team you feel your team is underperforming, there you know, you could sit around and say like this player needs to do this, this player isn't doing that, that you know, this whatever isn't being executed the way it should be, or you can just much more easily say the coach is one guy, right. he's 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 fucking this up. Um, so it's very convenient in that way. Yes, and I, it is unbelievably common. There, there's no real like you know. I don't really fault people for doing this. It's just such a such a common and obvious thing to do. I definitely think, uh, as I know you do, that Kenny deserves some of the blame. Um, I think, as I believe you do, but I'll let you speak for yourself. Uh, um, think it would be not a good decision to to fire Kenny Atkinson uh, right now. I don't know what we, you know, I don't know that there's another, you know, I, 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 it would be great to get Buddenhauser or something like that, yeah. but, like, he's busy coaching a great team. Mm-hmm. Like, most good coaches are busy coaching better teams right now. Right. Um, we could probably get Fred Hoiberg, but, mm. like, I just don't... <laughs> I'm I listening. Know, yeah, I, I just don't know, you know, how much that moves the needle. It it does, you know, any time that a coach leaves, even, even like a coach that's, you know, not liked by his players, which is no real indication that I'm aware of that he's, you know, he's lost the locker room. Nobody likes or respects him. I haven't heard that. You know, maybe it's true. But even, even when a coach like that is fired, there is some trauma. There's some, you know, whatever. It's not a good feeling. So no fire... Kenny Atkinson, no, I don't think he's entire. He's like the largest component of why the Nets stink. But yeah, I, I think it is fair for him to be criticized. I do think that his inbounds are terrible. I mean, they're just self-evidently terrible. I do think that there is something to the psychology of Nets players. You know, always thinking that they're going to lose, and and you know, Kenny Atkinson not being able to instill in them. That you know they should have confidence that they should play not freaked out because they just play totally freaked out in the you know I don't I don't know if you saw the and I know we we had to leave for the uh, Toronto Raptor game but oh. like even in that game there were like there were situations in the last seconds of, of the overtime where players were like doubling they were like kind of like hedging on mm-hmm. other players and not really sure if they were supposed to be doubling or whether they were supposed to be staying on on their man or switching or what like there's just total discombobulation that seems to happen every single time on defense and on offense the ball just sticks 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 nobody the only thing that happens is somebody sets a screen after that that's the only thing that yeah. happens other than the, the it's Dinwiddie or, or, or D'Angelo yeah exactly being forced to score every single exactly. time exactly and uh, you know Kenny deserves some, some blame for that so I'll wrap up with that um, I don't have a whole lot because we t- did talk about it last <laughs> episode mm-hmm. um, with the question from Bella420. Yeah. Um, but I will, fo- uh, the final thing I'll say about it, Net, Net Daily, during the Oklahoma City game, <laughs> tweeted, because of course he rides hard for Kenny Atkinson and the Nets being arguably the best team in the East. Um, 
looks like Kenny Atkinson doesn't suck tonight. Um, and the very top comment underneath that is, this tweet did not age well. <laughs> <laughs> because about 45 minutes later, arguably the biggest indictment on Kenny's whole <laughs> tenure here uh, came down in that in that end of game, ha- how he handled the end of that game. Yeah. Headline of the week, Simon. Mm-hmm. New York's NBA teams don't have much to celebrate. These fans cheer anyway. Yes. Uh, in the print edition, which I got. Oh, nice. Uh, we're in it. Okay. Oh, that photo is yes, wonderful. Yes, the photo is in it. It's very badly printed. Mm. Um, but it is in it. It says more, more whoops, like whooping, than wins. That's their headline. That's the headline? That's the headline. The, the Times has horrible headlines. <laughs> they really, really do. Uh, so it, it, for those of you that aren't familiar with this um, viral article that we're talking yeah, about, yeah. there was a feature written in the New York Times about our very own Brooklyn Nets block, which mm-hmm. Simon and I are very proud members of. Yes. Uh, there is a picture. Everyone who's seen the picture has asked me if I was asleep in it. Uh, I was not. If you really zoom in on the image, my eyes are open. It's just a, a funny angle. Simon is alone in the crowd drinking a Coors Light. And two uh, other people are up dancing. Um, yeah, I'm not alone the in the crowd. I'm right next to you. No, alone, it, just in, in that you're drinking oh, during the during oh, the photograph. Yeah, yeah, during sure, the photo. Sure. Uh, it caught, yeah, caught me taking a little a little snooze and you taking a sip. Uh, not a flattering photo, but fun to be featured in the paper of record. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in the Times before? Yeah, I had uh, two um, stories that I wrote actually published in the Times. Oh. Humble brag. <laughs> this is all just a setup for you to yeah, be able to yeah, say that's that. Right. Uh, Lip Sanity asks, mm-hmm. so now that your picture has been in the Times, will you start charging a subscription fee for your podcast? What do you think? Should we? No. <laughs> I, I, I think we have always been for the people, all the people, all the time. Right. Th- thank you for asking, Lip Sanity. I mean, the, uh, the overheads for this show are continuing to increase. Yeah, that's true. I, we have two mics. We have two mics. Um, I'm making a lot more coffee than I normally would to keep <laughs> you up. We haven't had a Bud Light Lime um, while recording in a long time. I know. We're, it's because we're doing these early morning things. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're more coherent. Yeah, I'll I never know. know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, no, uh, we. I mean, we we could make a killing where we to start charging a subscription. That's right. Um, who do you think would pay? Like maybe 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 your mom. Maybe my mom. Yeah, I can tell you, both of my parents would not. Uh, <laughs> So, Simon, in the Tankathon update, which I think it's something we need to keep a very close watch on as the season progresses uh-huh. uh, in our effortless tank, uh, we are currently sixth, okay. which gives us a 9% chance at the number one overall pick and a 37% chance at a top four pick. Great. I like those odds. I like those odds, too. Yeah. Is there any 
Uh, you, never mind. You probably don't have this on the top of your head, but but I wonder if there's any way that if you're like in the top three that you can, that you're like have a fifty percent chance at a top four. Is that possible? Or um, it just doesn't if get you get like if you get the something? if you get the number one, uh, if you're the worst team in the uh-huh. league, then you have a guaranteed number five pick. Ah, uh, okay. So even if it, your odds aren't necessarily that much better to get the, the one, one through four yeah, or yeah. the one, but. Uh-huh. Then what happens is after those four, it goes to the next highest team that hasn't already gotten it. So the one would guaranteed be fifth. Got it. So yeah, that's like the 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 Suns are going to lock down a guaranteed top five. Got it. Um, unless we <laughs> get back to the eight game slide that we were just on. Right. Which is very um, possible. Entirely possible. There was a Ringer article on Jarrett Allen that you sent me, Simon. Yeah. Uh, you wanna you wanna react? Yeah, sure. So the, basically, the premise is Jarrett Allen has exceeded expectations. Nets love him. Uh, he is an exciting young player. And Karis Levert went down. He could be plausibly like the player that you turn to and say, okay, Jarrett, time to step up. We're going to run a lot more plays for you. The Nets are not doing that, and that's by design. Um, Basically saying that the centers, both league-wide and in the Nets system in particular, are just not super valuable commodities. They're just sort of interchangeable. Like, if you have somebody who can block shots and run at the rim... That's the best you're gonna do. You're not right. looking, and and maybe you shoot threes. Um, that's like the best you're gonna do, uh, and you know that. Yeah. So just just saying that, and then I I think we we've talked about that. That that Jarrett is simultaneously one of the most exciting, most hopeful parts of this team, and also a player that you don't really think about a lot of games. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there are exceptions. They're like a Joel Embiid is a guy who who makes a massive impact and can carry a team. But uh, generally the center is not is not going to be that position in the way the current NBA is set up. Yes. So while Jarrett is a fun and uh, certainly good, uh, better than expected player, uh, whether that translates to him being, you know, a super impactful player ever uh, is very much a question. Yeah. So we've got some art, uh, some questions this week. Yes. <laughs> it's not all mailbag, but there's quite a bit in the old mailbag. Yeah. First one is from the H train. Yeah. Wow. 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 If you were to create a Nets themed nativity scene, a net. Ivity scene, if you will. Who would be which biblical figure and why? Mm-hmm. So this reminds me of a night at uh, a quiz night when we were doing trivia. Uh-huh. And we had, the, the there was like a special round or something, and it was like, women in the Bible, right. and you could wager, right. like, were, were you good at it? Should you wager <laughs> on it? And and the H-Train was like, oh, put I'll put it all on this one. <laughs> I am nothing if not a student of the Bible. <laughs> and we got these questions. We did not get a single one of them correct. Um, and it, we ended up, it ended up costing us, like, second place or something like that. <laughs> um, so, so this question to me is reminiscent in 
saying that like, oh, the nativity scene. I know I could certainly name each biblical figure yes. in it. There is Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Uh, Mary, probably. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the kings or the wise men. The three or wise men yeah. and Joseph is in the mix. Oh, that's the dad. Yeah, he's or the, the dad of Jesus. Dad. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. The the the, the uh, not the biological father. Of Mary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the cuckold. We call him. Yeah. Cuckolded by God. Cuckolded by G-O-D. Uh, all right. But if you're going to get cuckolded, that's I that's mean, the best you're going to Yeah. You know, you can, you, you don't have to feel too bad about that. Right. Uh, yeah. And then Hillary says there are shepherds, but I, I don't. Just general shepherds? Yeah. But I don't really know who I, I can tell you right now. I don't have a a, a net player picked out for the shepherds. Oh, uh, I, I I don't have. Uh, just go. What do you got? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so for me, baby Jesus is Karis Levert. Uh, he's our shining beacon of hope through this through this whole uh, you know tumult of the last three, four infinite number of years. Um. Then you got, um, uh, to me, uh, Joseph is Joey Moses. Yep. Uh, Just purely based on name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and I could also see Joe Joe Harris um, being cuckolded by God. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He seems like the type. <laughs> uh, and then um, I think for the wise men, first of all, Ed Davis a wise uh, imparter of, of, of wisdom. Aren't uh, there three to young Jared men? Allen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's one. Okay. Damari Carroll. Yep. Numero dos. So basically the old heads. Yes, and uh, Jared Dudley. Yeah, I knew Dudley was coming. Those are the, those are the wise men. Um, and uh, who else have I got? Mary. Mother Mary. Oh, Mary, perfect one for you. Jared Allen, the virgin. Oh, uh, killer. I would, okay, yeah. Um, and is that it? Is that all I need? I think that's all I need. I, I could see Mary being uh, being Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm. Because, because <laughs> like, <laughs> because she gets pregnant, Joseph is like, hey, like, how did that, how did that happen? You know? He's like, what, what? Nothing. It was, it was crazy. You're crazy. It was God. <laughs> the refs tonight. The refs, terrible. huh? Yeah, he was like complain about it, argue in the face of you know very obvious counter um, facts. Yeah. So okay, that's great. Thank you for the question, H Train. Keep them coming. Um, I know. Maybe we move away from the the biblical stuff. Yeah, we're starting. We don't. To get... We don't all know it as well as you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, H Train, and thank you, Lip Sanity, for that question. Didn't Lip Sanity, uh, Lip Sanity have a bunch has more? Of he has okay, more. Okay, great, uh, great. But before we get to Lip Sanity's other questions, mm-hmm. we have one from Lip Nasty, which I don't believe you've seen. No, I have not. But I think you're going to enjoy it. Okay. So uh, at at the games, there are, and we may have had a question like this before, but it it, it warrants a. Uh, a rerun. Okay. Um, at the games, there are things like the bongo cam. Yes. Uh, there was our old favorite, the chow cam. Chow cam, which, yes. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> which caught people, unsuspecting people who were eating. Yep. Uh, they must have caught someone with some power there because <laughs> it was yanked in spite of everyone in the crowd being very into the chow cam. Yeah. 
Simon, were we to get our dream jobs in the front office of the Brooklyn Nets, uh-huh. um, what sort of cam would you want to create for the game? Good question. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'll go first, and you can have yeah, a minute okay, to great. think about Thank it. You. Um, I was thinking, do you remember the ads uh, in the 90, probably 2000s, the aughts, um, where uh, the Keystone Light ads? Bitter Beer Face? Bitter Beer Face. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be like, if you're drinking some other light beer, yeah. this is what you're going to look like. And there was that horrifying yeah. man with the crunched up face <laughs> yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Mm. Bitter Beer Face. So mm. my dream would be like Bitter bitter beer face where they put up like a can of a bad beer and next to someone's head and then they people try to make the bitter beer face okay okay yeah yeah i (laughs) that would be a throwback (laughs) that would be a big time throwback yeah Yeah. yeah, that that ad campaign did have a special place in my heart as well though i yeah i mean yeah it's seared onto my memory (laughs) um I think that... Especially because Keystone Light was so bad. Yeah. Like, yeah right. Anyway. I mean, especially the ice kind that you seem to favor. Yeah. Um, Slightly <clears> more alcohol. Right. Um, I think my my idea for Cam would be... Would be... Um, a, a, the Cam for other the other teams, the opponent's fans... And it would shine oh, right, on nice. the innumerable number of those fans, and Nets fans would be urged to boo right. and uh, physically assault in some way, shame, right. humiliate, exactly, pour take something down. on. Yes, right, exactly. Right. Um, and that would really get get the crowd motivated. The, my worry is that there just wouldn't be enough Nets fans. Oh, right. To to make it, you know, it's a high risk camp. I think that I were I the head of this thing, it would it, my job would be right. Absolutely, on that. absolutely. Hi, high risk, but I think high reward. Uh, You'd have Cam. to you'd have to roll it out on the right game. Yes, exactly. Um, start with a Utah. Start with nice the Utah fans that are not extremely hurt you. pleasant fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, yeah, they are not going to fight back. They they understand they des- they came in here. They were a little disrespectful, and they're they're wearing you know a John Stockton jersey, mm-hmm. um, and and they deserve what 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 happened to them. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the question, Lip Nasty. Yeah, thank you. Keep keep them coming. Uh, you can email us at uh, maybe next time at gmail dot com or hit us up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next question is from Lip Sanity. Uh, we've got a couple questions from him. Great. So there was a TMZ image that a number of people actually sent to us. Tom Cosbaugh actually right. emailed us too. Of Tristan Thompson when he when the Cavs were in Brooklyn <clears throat> punishing us. Yeah. In probably the low point of the season to this point. Yeah, yeah, it's low key. I mean, even though it didn't hurt as I mean, like to you know, it wasn't like a huge, uh, you know, we didn't give up a twenty three point lead. That's definitely the worst team that we've. I mean, that's the worst team in the NBA, right? Yeah, or, and it wasn't a back to back. Right, they're the worst team in the NBA. They didn't have Kevin Love in. No, it was at home. Right, it have, was in the middle of a long streak of losses. Mm-hmm. So it was incredibly important that if we wanted to turn things around, we needed that W. Yep, and we came out. Just not, not yeah. the uh, nets you want to see. Yeah. So, at some point, 
in the game, some fan got Tristan Thompson angry enough to flip him off. TMZ caught that. Uh, Lip Sanity wants to know if he was flipping us off. What did we say to him? And was he mad because you were asleep? Which I assume refers <laughs> to the New York Times photo where I am not asleep and you just need to zoom in. My eyes are open. Uh, it's a weird angle. I'm not that photogenic. Um, all right. It wasn't us. Yeah. Straight up. No. Though they were saying some mean things to him in our section mm-hmm. about one of the Kardashians who he yeah, was with. Yeah, yeah, right. Chloe. Nothing more humiliating than having dated a Kardashian and no longer dating them. Right. Yeah. And he, I think he was the in the wrong, I guess, in that one. Oh, he cheated on her? Yeah, I think he okay. cheated in the playoffs or something. Okay. I mean, <laughs> who cares? But, um... It wasn't us. I wish it had been, but we weren't responsible for that. No, and can I just say, I find it very annoying that players get fined for for flipping fans off. I agree. Because it just seems like, yeah, you're going to take some like verbal abuse and then you can't do anything about it. No, like, absolutely. And fans are fucking psychos. They're yes. saying really personal, hurtful right. things. They're entitled jackass. Yeah, as a, as a, a entitled jackass fan, I can tell you, I should, you know, you should be able to do anything you want to me short of physical abuse. Right. No, I, I, I completely agree. If you're shouting something, you have to sort of deal with the consequences. It's, I mean, it's very obvious to say, if you... <laughs> saw Tristan Thompson in a room, uh, you would not be saying these things to him because he is a six foot eleven monster. Right. right. Um, and would absolutely pummel you. Yeah. So yeah, I mean fans are jackasses, players should be able to yeah, I mean Unless something is truly egregious to the fans doing, probably not be physically assaulted. Right. But, uh, yeah, players should be able to talk back or do whatever. It, it, the finding is, is very stupid and punitive and bad. Um, why did Kenny decide to play Kuduks? Hmm. And I think he's talking about the... Uh, which game would he be talking about? The, the Raptors game? No, I think the game before that. Wasn't that... Uh, the OKC game? The OKC game, where he, he did play some time... He, yeah, where he almost... Right? Like, Deant- yeah, I think that was the game. That yeah, got some well, time. I mean, I think what was happening was we had lost whatever it was, six, seven games yeah. in a row. And Kenny was getting pretty desperate and, and willing to experiment. And a- every time he goes in, like, things seem to work out. He gets rebounds, he gets a steal, he gets some points. Yeah. Last he, game he was he had a it was his first like not very impactful game but yes every other time right I mean yeah he has definite flaws but um, yeah he's just a he's just a burst of energy yeah it's it's always great to see him out there would much rather see him than he see, he seems to have taken minutes from uh, uh, gosh Shabazz Napier who has not played in the last couple of games yeah. And uh, some minutes from Dudley, who's now last game only played seven minutes. That's great. Uh, yeah. I mean, he should average under ten minutes a game, for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of some of these guys who are starting to see a decrease in minutes, Manimal has sort of there was that 
yeah. little scandal yeah, about yeah. Th- that. If you want to talk about an insipid online scandal, that is what to look at. <laughs> Did you read what what happened? Yes, he liked a comment that was like that was you should play more than Dudley or something like. Yeah, that. I think he said that bum Dudley. Yeah, but and he liked the damn comment. Right. Yes. And it's very very silly. Yes. Um. It was clearly blown way out of proportion. Yeah. Um. But this Kuruks question. Raises others. So Napier is falling out of the lineup. Manimal isn't playing at all. Um, Dudley isn't playing much. Hallelujah. December 15th is right around the corner. Okay. Six days from now. Uh-huh. Uh, about, we'll probably cast after, like, the 16th or 17th again. That is the first day that five or six nets can be traded. And that hundred or so other players in the league are officially able to be traded. Uh, do you think by the next time we meet, we will have the same lineup that we do today? I do, and I hope not. Um, nothing, basically nothing, there are two things that are exciting about the Nets right now. One is thinking about the draft players. That's my yeah. number one thing. And, bowl, the, bowl. and the second thing is what sort of distressed asset <laughs> could we could we pick up from another team for one of our uh you know older players. Yeah. Uh, I I am captivated by the distressed assets out there. Frankie Smokes Top, mm-hmm. you know, high on the list. Yeah, Markel Fultz, very high Big on the list. Big time, yes. Big time. Uh, that's becoming a trendier point of view. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the blue guys are are too, you know, uh, they're not uh, fringe figures in the Nets universe. No, certainly not. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I doubt that it's going to happen on the fifteenth, mm-hmm. but I'm very excited that it is about to be the time when this sort of stuff can happen. Yeah. Um, From the beginning of the season, it was my dream that at this time, we trade in all of the vets that we have on the team across the board for other assets. And that does include people like, if we could get something for Dinwiddie, uh, Damari Carroll, uh, Joe Harris, all of these guys to me are on the trading block. I would be fine, uh, honestly, with D'Angelo Russell today. I would be fine with that. No, and Uh, even I, I will (laughs) say also, even I, like, as uh, your roller coaster ride with him ha- has deservedly received a great deal of attention on this podcast because it is truly <laughs> fascinating um, to see inside the mind of a of a D'Angelo lifer who's trying to quit. <laughs> Would you? Um, but I too am like it's he is a roller coaster player. So like there yeah. are some games when he scores thirty, it's hard to be like you know right. I I don't. You know, I don't care much about him. But, and then it's so easy to feel that way. Like, I also just feel like, you know, like, for no real reason, just, like, angry at him yeah. when he when he doesn't play well, even though he's not trying to not play well. No, no, I know. I mean, he does so many stupid things. Like, the uh, he, he there's so many turnovers late in games. He still can't get to the fucking foul line. I was watching that parts of that Knicks game, which I wanted to watch more of last night at the bar, but we were hanging out with humans. 
Um, and he had, in the fourth quarter, I saw two drives where he got to the rim, put up these, you know, his little floater around a big guy, drew no contact, and missed them both spectacularly. And they're very hard shots. Those are hard shots to make when you're shooting over bigger people, flying into the lane. Those are tough shots to finish. Um, They're low percentage shots, uh, and... You need to be able to get some contact, and he cannot do it. Yeah. Um, but if he starts doing stuff like that, uh, then yeah, then I'll, the whole thing changes, and I could be totally back, you know, on board with him. Uh, he did have eleven assists yesterday, uh-huh. which is exciting. That gets at the point that Dudley smartly made, which is why I think he'd be a great coach or commentator, <laughs> uh, which seems a more appropriate role for him at this point. Um, where if he's having a bad shooting night, which he did yesterday. Uh, he contributes in other ways. And 11 assists is a massive contribution um, if, if your shot's not going down. Yeah. What were we talking about? What were Sorry. we talking about? <laughs> oh, about right. getting rid yes. of yes. getting rid yeah. of yeah. guys. So yeah, yeah, my my thing for the for the whole season <laughs> has been at this point we trade in all the older guys for whatever assets we can get. Even if it's just stockpiling second rounders or something like mm. that. I mean, obviously I want to I want a first. I want a tasty tasty first. Um, and for some of the bigger guys like a Dinwiddie or something, I think it's conceivable. Certainly for D'Angelo it would be conceivable. Yes. Um, and at, so I think we should we should be trading in as much as we can, flipping as many guys to contenders as we can for for future assets, and running beginning to run more seriously with the young guns. Let's uh, see some Alan Williams out there. Let's see some Roddy. Let's see some Musha. Maybe get Pinson in there. Yeah, is he an NBA player? Uh, Seemingly no. Uh, Trevion (laughs) Graham when he's back. Let's get him a little run. He'll he'll get some run. Yeah, no, I think he'll get a lot more than people are anticipating. Uh, Kenny Atkinson very clearly likes Trevion Graham. Yeah. Thinks he's incredible at defense. Had really high praise for him. Obviously went with him a lot in preseason. Mm -hmm. He's a guy he's interested in. Yeah. And for that reason... Um, you don't trust him? You think he'll be horrible? No, no. I like Trivion Graham, yeah. too. I, I was an early buyer on Trivion Graham, and he's on such a great contract. Yeah, I know you You are. Uh, so for that reason, I think that there could be some interest in a guy like, like Frankie Smokes. Yeah. Because while he is just manifestly horrible at offense, mm-hmm. um, he can, and in a Ringer article about him the other day, did you read that? No. Well, one of the things it mentioned is that he spends, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 percent of his time this year, he's spent guarding two ones, twos, and threes. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, he's a very versatile defender, which is the only thing Trevion Graham has to, for, to say for him. Um, so, and obviously, like, Rondé is another player where, like, if you're looking for what's valuable about him, that's probably number one. Is like he can at least theoretically guard. Yeah. A lot of positions. He was positions. guarding Kawhi Leonard. Right. Guard Kawhi Leonard, guard uh, twos, threes, like your your best perimeter player maybe he could guard. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I think Frankie Smokes is an interesting little – he's like a super low risk in that he's only making $4 million next year. Like that's the only commitment. Yeah. Like to me that's like 
pr- pretty much nothing. Yeah. You're not really going to get a player for much less than that that's even remotely good. Well, yeah, I just don't understand what the Knicks would want from us because we're not mm. going to give up future assets, I hope, right. for Smokes. No, I agree with you there. And they're not trying to win, so our vets who are decent are... Not tantalizing? Sure. Yeah. Well, um... One, if they did, there was reported interest in in them at least oh, last year, Rondé. like Rondé. Right, right. Rondé's one. I would trade Dinwiddie Happily. for him. I would trade Dinwiddie straight up for Nicolini. Nico. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think. Yeah, I would. You wouldn't. No. You think you could do better? I think you could do better Dinwiddie? than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, you you might be right. I I just feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I I I think he's much more interesting as a as a potential like starter on a team if if he can get remotely good at three point shooting. Now you've got like a starter because he already plays starter level D. He is right. your like defensive stopper. He would be our bet by far our best uh, guard defender. Yeah. Whereas like Dinwiddie, I just feel like he projects as you said the best you could get is like a a low mediocre starting point guard. To me, it's more exciting to have a defensive stopper who maybe can get good at shooting threes. I don't know. Anyway, that's that's my my thing on him. And Markel Fultz, I would trade almost anyone on the team other than probably these days D'Angelo and um, Allen, Jared Allen, and uh, Karis Lever. But yeah. anyone else. But Din- oh, Dinwiddie for Fultz, I would do in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you for the questions, Lip Sanity. That, yeah. that provoked something I did not uh, foresee coming. <laughs> um, and I think that's probably about all all we need to talk about sure. this week. Absolutely. So where can you follow us, Simon? Follow us at Maybe Next Time on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And send us those tasty, tasty questions on MaybeNextTime at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you so much to uh, Lip Sanity. What is the 505? Lip Nasty. Lip Nasty. Lip Thank nasty. you. I, I, I forgot her uh, uh, moniker. And the H-Train. Thank you guys so much for those for those cues. Yeah, and uh, I I wouldn't mind a few more ratings, would you? Yeah, I would love, love five-star reviews <laughs> on iTunes especially, but as well as anywhere that you can leave ratings for us, uh, your Stitchers, your Stitcher, Your Player FM. Player FMs. Are we on Player FM? I've I never would heard imagine. of Player Spotify. FM. Spotify. Hey, that's a big one. I gotta have it. Give it the five. Give it the five. <laughs> Even the four is fine. Yeah. <laughs> three. Bill's fine with three. Three. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. We will go ahead and uh, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, the paper in bed and in the personal columns there was this letter I read